It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining, and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com. And also the best pub in the Mallee, the Ultima Hotel. The Ultima Hotel, of course, in the heart of the Mallee, just down the road from Swan Hills. Swing by for a cold beer. And today's wagering update brought to you by Bet365, the world's favorite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. This man's on fire of late. Henry DeWire is training winners for fun. He's got a wonderful strike rate. He heads to Cranbourne on this Tuesday, and he's a man that's enjoyed a nice pot there at the Ultima Hotel. Hello to you, Henry. Hello, G-Man. It doesn't get much better than the Ultima Hotel, does it? No, it doesn't, actually. And um, Swan Hill Carnival will have a big team engaged there. Looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, you just you settle in and you just don't go home, basically. Um, and it's the only pub, really, that you don't have to really buy a beer. But you have to buy it during the Swan Hill Cup Carnival, surely. But, anyway, it's a lot of fun. That's it. And they get you out there in the bus and back in the bus and... Um Hassle-free experience out at the Ultima Hotel, Gareth. 100%. How's King Island looking? Uh, also a hassle-free experience down there. It's, it's like a time warp. It's yes. like, uh, I feel like it's 1982 down there. It's um, a terrific part of the world. Uh, we're all looking good. Everyone's looking forward to getting down there, I think. Is Calvin McAvoy going back again? Calvin will be going back again. He was very, very white-knuckled last year on those little planes. He yes. closed his eyes on takeoff and he... Wouldn't open them until we landed 40 minutes later. So um, hopefully he's a bit tougher this year, but uh, time will tell. I've never seen a cult really just change so dramatically and have that swagger in his step that I saw on the Gold Coast last week. It's been one, I don't know, he just looked, he looked like he's a different man these days, Calvin. Have you seen that, that in him or because you see him every day, it's not that noticeable? Isn't he in good fettle? Yes. He, looks, he, he keeps telling us he gets to the gym at 3 o'clock every morning. He's on the protein shakes. He won't have a drop of alcohol. We might have to get him a beer this weekend, but um, he's very, very happy with himself at the moment. Yeah. What about today at Cranbourne? Can we make some money? We'll start uh, off with um, Perori in the first, the lightly race galloper. Uh, Perori, yeah, she's been a lot of hard work. She's very, very highly strung, um, and she's taken plenty of time to get to her second start. If you were just going on a jump out, she'd be going there and winning. She had two really good jump outs over 800, but just that race pressure and that extra 200 metres, uh, I just, uh, I'm not, I just couldn't be too confident with her. Yeah. She's got the ability, but whether she does it on race day, I'm not sure. Can Stiletto Fails cause a bit of an upset there around $51 with Bet365? Uh, can't see it, to be mm. honest. I can't see it. She um, hasn't shown heaps. She was okay first up at our route, then was very plain last time and 
Um, had a trial in between with blinkers on. That's our only hope that she sort of sparks up a bit with the blinkers on. Geez, I like Nishino's crescents effort the other day, first up at Seymour. Steps out to the 1800. Jay Allen rides. Um, your thoughts there at Sandown tomorrow? He was good first up. He just put the left-hand blinker on about the 300-metre mark yes. and just did a sharp left-hand turn. We'll just put a prickle cheeker on him tomorrow, which just sort of, um, well, the aim is to stop them hanging. It's sort of every time they pull on that rein, it sort of gives them a little prick in the cheek just to um, stop them doing it. But uh, he's he's a funny horse. He's got a few tricks up his sleeve. From, he came from Japan. I think he's left a colt too long, and he's just a very difficult horse to deal with. But yes. um He's got the ability there. He's a nice staying horse. And um, I think that's a beautiful track for him down at Hillside tomorrow. And I think Johnny Allen will suit him down on the ground. So how long have you had this galloper for now? Yeah, it's been... Uh, yeah, we, we bought him from Japan probably... The quor- it's a bit difficult with the quarantine and the yeah. flights. They can often be in Japan for three or four months before you get them back, which was the case with him. So he was gelded over there in the middle of winter. He turned up looking horrible because he, you know, they take that testosterone out of him and having a paddock in minus 10 degree conditions that makes it very difficult on him. But um, no, he's, uh, he's a nice horse. He had those two starts on a synthetic last prep and this time around he's had that one run, but um, should be better for it. Is it easy um, buying horses from Japan? Because it looks like it's a pretty tough market <laughs> to get into. Oh, there's plenty of them about because what happens over there is they, once they turn four, so they finish their three-year-old year, there's no maidens anymore, so they go straight to open companies. Okay. So if you haven't knocked off a maiden, like this horse, he's a really nice horse, but he's had seven or eight goes in, you know, the $150,000 maidens, and he's running close up with horses that are going to Japanese derbies and that sort of stuff. So um, no shame in not winning one. He came over here with about 180 grand prize money for not winning a race. So he's a, I think he's a genuine Saturday-class horse. He'll go through his grades. Um, tomorrow's a good starting point, but uh, just needs to do things right. Yeah, so will you buy more from Japan? Yeah, we got another one. He came over sort of on the... I think, I think there's two chances you get to get him over. So we had one come over um, about two months ago and he actually got colic when he got here. So he's gone to the paddock for an extended extended spell. He's called Presagio. But uh, the boys at um, Rising Sun Syndicate, they are Japanese, so cozy yep. and shiny. Shiny actually rides work for me and does a terrific job. They have all the hookups over there. They know the jockeys. They know the trainers. Because he's actually the translator when the Japanese trainers come out here. You'll see him. Oh, yeah. They win yep. races. Yeah. Um, Les Grasseur and all those sort of horses. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's tricky if you haven't got someone over there because, obviously, there's a language barrier and the racing's a bit different. But um, knowing these guys, they sort of um, dot, dot their I's and cross their T's and get the right horses for not much money. Like, Nishino Crescent, we might have paid... 60,000 for oh, something okay. like that, I reckon. I was about but to ask the problem that, is yeah. it's probably 60 or 70 grand to get them back with the quarantine and the flights and all the yep. rest of it. So um, they end up landing about 150,000 for a horse that are a lot cheaper than that. But um, if you get the right one, they're nice. Beautiful. So are you surprised there's not too many other Australian trainers? Like, oh, I can't really, I know there's been a couple over the time, but um, you're the only trainer that I can really recall that's been active doing it on a consistent um, basis now. I reckon, like, we saw Brave Smash and those sort of horses come over six, seven years ago, yep. Chosen Stardom. Um, it's just, I think the ones with a bit of age on them, uh, they've got a few miles on the clock. They, they use them up a bit there early. Um, if you get them early enough, I think they're okay. Uh, but uh, it's just, yeah, the, the language barrier, it's just a very big thing. So if you haven't got... The, the people that sort of know them over there, it's yeah. tricky. You can get caught up in the wrong ones.
Well, you're you're a very smart man. I'm pretty sure that you could learn Japanese before you know it. Um, <laughs> I actually did three years of Japanese at school. Yeah, how'd you yeah. go? Is it as yeah, it works? Yeah, I can count to ten. Ichi ni san shi go roku shi kyuju. Very good. And I can say hamburger or tabimasho, which is I eat hamburgers. Yes. And that's about as far as I got. Well, that's self-explanatory. Kanichiwa <laughs> uh, sayonara, they're, they're two words, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I got those yeah. two. Got those two. Um, what about Magic Millions? Do you have any luck? I uh, bought a filly up there, a brazen bow filly, yep. who uh, the dam deserves a knighthood. She um, She's produced a stakes winner by Fighting Sun, and stakes place getter by Squamosa, and another horse by Squamosa that's had won three races, so three runners for three winners by um, pretty mm. plain stallions, and she goes to Brazen Bow, who's a bit better, and it was a good type of filly, so 140 grand, uh, good buying, I would have thought. Has she filled up yet, or is there sale? Uh, is there shares still available? Oh, would you believe there's shares are available, Gareth? Oh, sensational. So how do we get involved? Because you are on fire at the moment. Go to the website, have yep. a look, and uh, speak to our man, Crafty. And how, like for orders and all that, so you'd be active. Will you be active in New Zealand and Melbourne, and then Classic, and then Easter? Yeah, I, I probably need to buy 12 or 14 yearlings a year to keep the system going. So yeah. we tend to buy sort of two or three here, two or three there. So only one at the Gold Coast, probably buy two or three in New Zealand, two or three in Melbourne, a couple in Sydney, that sort of thing. So just give yourself a bit of time to sell them between sales and go again. Yep, look out, mate. Um, and you've had a really good time of it of late. Like it's been a good six months, especially. Every time you see your name in the race book, you seem to be training winners. Uh, yeah, we, we yeah, it's all horse-related, obviously. You go through patches where you, you can't get a winner and you go through patches where you, you can't stop training winners. And it's just, um, you're not doing anything different. Um, it's just the quality of horse there. And at the moment, I've got, I've got a few that are sort of winning their races in the bush and the rest of it and graduating a city ride and maybe winning a race. So, yeah, long may it continue. All right, mate. Well done. Congratulations. And, um, yeah, keep on dominating. Thanks, Gareth. Have you come to King Island? King Island? No, I'm not, actually. Yeah. You were invited, you know that. I know I was. Actually, well, I'm just looking. I'm looking at your um, I'm just looking at your text message. Yeah, you texted me yesterday. You come here, Ki. No, I can't. I can't get there. I can't get out of work. Unfortunately, I find that hard to believe. Given your major sponsor is going to be there, Gareth. That's a very good. He won't pay for me, unfortunately, as well. I had lunch with him yesterday. I'm having lunch with him today as well. Um, very good. Well, maybe uh, well put it put it this way. He'll drink my part. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about no, that. Him and Steve, in fact, he's listening right now. So um, buy him a couple in New Zealand. He'll like it. He, he started, he's got his own race colours now as well. So there you go. Oh, yeah. He's yep. right up and about. The Ultimate Hotel. Thanks, H. Right, there you go. He's a good man, Henry. Henry Dwyer there. Mitchie Lewis joins us. Gay, Mitchie. Morning, Gareth. How are you today? Good, thank you, mate. Do you like Cranbourne? mind it. Um, I'm probably playing a little bit carefully there today, but I, I think I'm getting some reasonable value for the ones I am keenest on, so we don't have to go too hard today. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty confident in the ones I've picked out. Alright, where do we start with your specials? Race 5. I want to be with number 4, Psychomore for Lloyd Kenny the Yeoman's team, Zach Spain in the saddle. So this horse started off its prep pretty good with a second and a third. Went across to Morfittville, ran fourth there. Um, the horse that ran into a Morfordville Lange has got some pretty good form. So Sycamore here, fourth up, up to a staying. I think that's really going to suit her. And she's a mare uh, out of Smith, so I, I just think it sets up nicely for her. She's only lightly raced. I think she's screaming for this trip. So I'm um, going to have a little play on her. 
Yeah. What else have you got? Race seven, number three, Crown Crusher. So on debut here for the new stable. Uh, he's only won one out of nine, but he's the form line from his last paper a little bit stronger. He was competitive enough in a, a race at Flemington behind Albie and I am. Uh, watched his trial recently, and he settled a little bit more forwards than what he'd done previously in his career. So I'm hoping that the change of stable, there might be a slight little change of tactics with him. And from barrier four, he'll be up closer to the speed. And I think his stronger form lines from last prep, if he's there about, I think he's a pretty good player as well, crown crusher at some value. All right, so a couple of winners there for us at Cranbourne, mate. Yep, yeah, I'm keen for those ones. Thanks, Gareth. All right, then, and we're looking forward to catching up with you a little later on when we... Have a chat about the uh, Sandow meeting with the Midweek Masterclass and also they're racing at Oakbank in South Australia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oakbank's interesting. Uh, but I reckon I've got a few for us at Sandown. And then, yeah, Oakbank always throws you a few interesting results. All right, mate. Thanks for your time. Good luck. Chat to you soon. Let's catch up with Ben Brisbane, who's got some nice chances there at Wagga this afternoon. Good morning to you, Ben. Thanks for your time. Yeah, no worries at all. Uh, Richie Tycoon, you get the Premier Rider there and Nick Haywood to take the ride. What can you tell us about Richie's chances in the maiden plate? Yeah, um, Hawthorne had a bit of time for. Uh, I thought he's in a maiden within three or four starts. He hasn't quite got it right every time so far, but um, when we put Nick on, we go anywhere with a, a lot of confidence. Uh, I'm sure he'll get him nice and balanced early and... Um, give him a bit of room late and uh, if he brings this track work to the races he'd be tough to beat in that I think Alright then, so that's a good push for Richie Tycoon and then we move to race number four, you've got a horse by the name of Slate Ripper that's been well supported as well with Josh Richards aboard Yeah again, another one of those really good riders for that area um, if you just forgive him his last run um, he'd be going there with a lot of confidence uh, I thought the 2000 last start would really suit him, but he didn't finish the race off. Uh, we just chucked some blinkers on him uh, to try and sharpen him up. Uh, we think he's the horse with a bit of upside, so it would be nice to see him get the maiden out of the way uh, and then give him a bit of time to mature further. And then you've got Diesel, who's fourth up this preparation, and Hayward rides there. He's been well supported in the favouritism now. Yeah, Nick rode him his first up run this prep, and... Um, pretty harsh on himself for not winning that day so he's been trying to get him get back on him since uh he gets his chance today and he's very fit uh we've got him nice and fresh the 1800 meters suits him and um yeah i think the, the grade suits him as well you, you'd expect him to go to go very close from a nice barrier and again Nick knows his way around Wagga, and he's got a good strike rate for the stable, so we go there with plenty of confidence. You're the perfect man to ask here because you see it a little bit, but is it easier to win a race in the Riverina in that part of New South Wales, or is it easier to win a race, say, in, in Country Victoria around, around Benalla, Wangaratta, and those type of tracks with Donga? Um, I would say that it's slightly weaker in the Riverina. Yep. Uh, but it's also very important to have the... Um, um, have the right riders on board that know how the that know how the others you know know how the races are run. Um, they can be a bit stop start or go pretty hard early. So when you have the likes of Nick and Josh aboard, amongst, along with a couple of others that we use, um, we find we can have pretty good success. Did you ever think like because you're based at Wangaratta, is that right, Ben? Yeah. yeah so yeah. have you ever thought like 
and this is just me thinking outside of the square here, and it might be a million to one, you might not be able to do it, but because of the highways and all that in New South Wales, would you ever think about maybe just having six or seven boxes at Albury so you could qualify for those? No, you're not allowed to do that, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, for the sake of moving into New South Wales for one race a week, yeah, um, not really. I'm pretty happy, to stay, pretty happy to stay where we are. And uh, yeah, we're, we're in a good location to jump on the highway and go either way, depending on where the right races are for our horses. Now, stable's on fire as well, so you're placing your, your horses to perfection. And um, what would be your best today, mate? I think I think you could go with Diesel only because he is just on a couple of races and, and knows how to do it. Um, I do like the maiden horses. I don't think they'll be maidens for much longer, but um, Diesel's the tried and proven, and he, he's ready to win another one. All right, good luck, mate. Thanks for that. Thank you. There's Ben Brisbane there. Luke Ovenessian joins us. He's done the form for us at Wagga and Gunnedah. And the great tip-off, Luke, can you make some money today? Hopefully, Gareth. And it's funny, you just had Ben on. Um, that's my best at Wagga. I've only got one play today at Wagga. Um, and that's it. Race five, number six, Diesel. Um, I feel like he's been tackling much stronger races than this in Melbourne. He'll land in a prominent position here. He'll be able to dictate the race from the front of the field. I'm glad Ben said he's um, he's really fit and he's set the peak in condition. Um, I love the booking of Nick Haywood as well, and I think he looks really placed to break through for crew win number three. All right, and that's a good push for Diesel. Um, What else have you got for us, mate? We'll go to Gunnada then. So I've got two plays there. We'll start off with race three, number three, out of the lady. Um, it's a four-year-old gelding who's already come in for a good market support, and it's pretty easy to see why. He brings some great form lines in for this BM58, including a midfield finish behind back-to-back winner, Mr. Wallace. Um, he's actually one of the provincial stints. And he also had a second behind Akatango, who was far from disgraced in a Rose Hill Highway on Saturday. Um, he draws soft here in barrier three. He gets the services of Aaron Bullock on board, who should pilot him straight to the front. He's much better suited over the 1,000-metre dash here rather than the 1,200 metres, which he's been running at the past few starts. And with the cutaway in play, he should be able to get to the A ground in the straight. So it's worth its weight in gold, and he looks really well placed. All right, then. Um, is that all? And then one final one. We'll go to race six, number four, Big Time Charlie. Um, he finally broke his streak of outs last start for career win number two. There's no reason he can't go back-to-back here. He draws barrier one. He gets to inform Anna Roper in the saddle. He'll punch up and he'll probably land the leaders back. Um, he'll be able to uh, conserve energy throughout. He's rock hard fit now, handles all weather conditions, and he looks really well placed as well. All right, mate, we'll go and get him. Thanks for that, Lukey. Cheers, Gareth. Have a good one. Welcome back to Giddy Up, Gareth. All with you. I learned a valuable lesson. I was talking to Darren Carroll yesterday, and I was looking just at a little bit of a few of the races at Maribara, and we found one, and it's about eight dollars fifty, and it paid about fifteen dollars. On the tote, so it's a tough game. The punt, it's like you can pick winners, but you can still lose. Hello to you, Daz. Morning, Gareth. Um, you don't go broke making a profit, mate. So, that's a um, good point you make. Yeah, it's such a so mental take, game, buzz, isn't it? Like, it's a, uh, eight dollar fifty winners, mate. You, know, you take those any day of the week, so don't worry about the fact that paid 13, you'll swing and roundabout. But it's, it's a situation there where, um, um, like, so, so if it. I'd love to pick your brain here. So you're so you're doing the form and um so do you just like pick out three or four races that you want to play in or do you watch them and think, Oh, this horse is over the odds, I've got to play this. So how do you approach it? 
Um, yeah, I'll usually play every race to a certain degree, but there'll be other there'll be main, some races I'll play more than others and have a, a more of a heavy involvement. But I'll also watch the market, and sometimes I totally disagree with the market and the way the market's trending. So um, I'm happy to take on a well-backed runner if I think that the market's wrong. Mm. Um, and vice versa, I'm happy to back myself. There's horses that just keep drifting, and if they keep drifting, then back yourself and have another go. Yeah, so if that was you yesterday, for instance. If it was eight fifty and you really liked it, well, you back it at the eight fifty. But it gets up to thirteen dollars. You go, well, I'm going to go again a little bit. Uh, that's too big a price, and therefore you're averaging about ten or eleven. And harness racing's well, different. To, I reckon harness racing's different to the gallopers. If the gallopers drift like that, you don't want to be on them. But the no, trotters never ever yeah. worry about the drift. No. Um, maybe some, sta- a, a few stables, but on the harness because. It's, it's mainly a couple of people uh, influencing the market. Well, it's just more or less me against you type thing. And that's yeah. the theory you use. Someone else has taken it on and you like it. Well, use that to your advantage. What about tonight at Swan Hill? Uh, tricky card, Gareth. Um, probably going in with, um, you know, not as many thoughts to be used tonight. But I actually like race one. Um, good time cracker is the one I like here. Race one, number 10. Uh, it's only had three runs for LB Ashwood. Um, the last start it was... Uh, Actually, a really, really good run. It missed the, the score up, and it's sectionals were out of this world. Um, for a race like this, if it repeated that effort, it would win. Um, the only query I have is um, the eight dying art first up for Mark Thompson. There's only tried at Kyabram. We don't get any vision of Kyabram, so I've got no idea. So it's purely uh, guessing on it. Um, so if it's only got limited ability or fair ability, then it'll be hard to see it being a good time cracker. But uh, they've both had little in the market so far so they're about the right price it's 230 good time cracker i think is the way to go there yeah and the other one more on a each way basis or one one unit by three units a place type thing would be race four number one white star village um this guy just loves getting the cheap run on the fence um he's a sit sprint type horse ideally suited to either leaders back or three back the fence uh, and that's a perfect scenario at swan hill so i think it's about six dollars and 220 a place it might drift even a bit more and i think each way, as I said, one by three type basis, that's the way to go. So there's the two, race one, number 10, into race four, number one. Beautiful Swan Hill tonight. So we wish the club the very best of luck there. But um, seven races, and hopefully yep. we can find a few winners. And there were some nice horses trialling it last night at Melton. Is that right? Yeah, uh, big trial for uh, Catch Away. So Catch Away went around with Matt Dean and Cypher. Yes. Um, so, you know, three of the, the most quality horses we've got from our free-for-all ranks. Um, they went up pretty slow early, but then they zipped home in 54-3, home in 25-8, and Catchaway come back from three back the fence. So uh, his personal sections were just outstanding, but the whole three of them were really good. Uh, most importantly, um, I read this morning on the socials that Catchaway has pulled up really well, and he will be going to the Ballarat Cup. So yep. that's uh, outstanding for them. And, um, yeah, he looked really sharp last night. And looking at the nominations, he's clearly the one to beat in the Ballarat Cup. Oh, he's a... Oh, I love catch away, but you, you can, good luck finding. Like he's one of those players you just don't know. You you, you don't know if you you like he'll turn up. You'll well, um, see what the barrier jaw unfolds. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan like you. Might, but, uh, might be a bit harsh, but he's running the Victoria Cup was out of this world, and then he gets beat. He's next start. Like um, he couldn't pass Curly James, but now Curly James has franked that form just a little bit, I guess. But. Yeah, you still got to look at what he's done on the clock. And, yeah. You know, these days, we're, this is where you keep talking about we're different than the gallopers. It's very, very difficult um, on some of these tracks to 
um, to beat the leaders. Yeah. And that's purely because of the times the horses are capable of running. And, um, yeah, it's very hard for horses to put a string of, you know, 15 to 20 together because we have a lot of preferential barrier jaws where the best horse will draw 10 or 11 and one of the up-and-comers will draw two and lead and get home in unbelievable time. And it's physically impossible on the clock to beat them. Yep, 100%, mate. Thanks for that, Daz. Mm. There's Darren Carroll, the Labrokes Falls of Thunder this Saturday night. We had the heats there last last Friday and some sensational racing. Simon Orchard, hello to you. G'day, G. How are you, mate? I am good. Um, geez, it's, it's a great time of year for Greyhound fans. Yeah, there's plenty on, Gareth. And I guess the broader question for us at the moment, Falls of Thunder, you're right. There were some wonderful performances. Idolise continues to just keep on going. It's a super mum. She was so close in that Melbourne Cup at the back end of last year. She comes out and runs a first second record at Wentworth Park on Saturday night and looks like one of the dogs to beat the final. But I guess the futurity in the derby being on gee, the age-restricted races, maybe we're just questioning whether it dilutes the quality of the Paws of Thunder. We had Dutch yeah. Wright come up from Victoria and run really well as well. But that's the question at the moment, I reckon, for uh, the higher-ups than me. What do we do? Is the Paws of Thunder maybe losing a little bit of relevance, the old St. Ledger, or do we need to up the prize money? Do we need to move it to another place in the calendar? It's a great final, but there's no doubt that some of those young dogs could certainly go into that Group 1 race if it was a standalone event. It's a difficult time of the year, especially for, like, harness racing. See, they're, they're, all their big races are clammed together, um, and there's so much prize money in their respective stakes as well. So, um, now there's people like you that can make better decisions than what I would be able to, <laughs> to chime in, but maybe a little closer to the Easter egg, I don't know. Um, but yeah. then you've got your other races around there as well. So, um, no, nah, good luck. I think they should move the race like the Hobart 1000. It, get, it's, it gets lost. Um, but anyway, that's... Um, for There's a, just so much yeah. prize money, G, yeah. in, the, in the jurisdictions. I think you're right. You know, 20 years ago, you just travel around the country if you had a good dog and you race in all these big events. But now the trainers are saying it's a good problem to have. They don't need to leave New South Wales or Queensland. I think there's a $150,000 race on up there. Pretty soon we saw the riches down in Victoria at the back end of last year. We've got... You know, the Summer 600 is coming up worth uh, a bunch of money. We've got, of course, uh, the Bull Eye Gold Cup, the Samora Cup. There's a plenty of country cups in Victoria coming up in the next couple of months. So, uh, look, they're spoiled for choice. If you've got a good dog, mate, it's certainly a good time yeah. to be involved in the Greyhound. Guys, Sometimes sure. I think that you want to put the prize money to get the best, however. So, in a situation like that, the Tier 3 racing, they say there's not enough prize money. Maybe put some money into the bottom ranks and then have some of these races, but then for the big dancers, make them a million dollars. Um, I don't know to, to get, to, to get the best take on taking on each other. But, um, no, nah, it's it. I don't, I think everyone's lucky to be in the sport at the moment, especially as you pointed out that, that have got a good dog, but that's a debate for another day. We need a winner today or tonight. Yeah. Let's try and get it at Bulleye and Gosford G race four, number one at Bulleye. Oh, so classy. The race just sets up perfectly for this Greyhound. The dog in box two has got no early pace. There's a spare lid in three. And then the Greyhound in four, well, it goes hard right out of the lids. And I mean hard, hard right. So if that happens, oh so classy, we'll have a freeway to drive up underneath this field. She's usually a pretty reliable beginner as well. So I think you can bet with confidence knowing that she'll be on speed and the map just looks an absolute dream for her. She's still pretty lightly raced, so she's got improvement to come. She likes Bulleye, five starts, two wins, two placings. And the pros, they love betting at Bulleye, Gareth, so he may as well follow suit. Race four, number one, oh so classy, best bet today at Bulleye. Then Gosford tonight, race seven, number six, our mechanic. Taking on the favourite, Tigalong Ruby's pretty short now. She's yet to race at the track, and she's drawn a little bit 
awkwardly. Our mechanic, geez, a bit uh, long in the tooth. He's approaching five years old, which you rarely see in Greyhound racing, but he's still racing in pretty good order. He was unlucky his last two starts. He had a crack at the Gosford Gold Cup as well. That was just a little bit above him. I reckon this mid's fourth, fifth grade event is well within his reach. So race seven, number six, our mechanic at Gosford. And race four, number one at Bulleye, also classy, the best bets for us today. All right, love it, mate. Thanks for your time as always. And you go into that board meeting and you run that show and you hit Greyhound Racing <laughs> New South Wales. Yeah, thanks, mate. Hooray.